we're all protecting you. We have we all have protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. I was I so mad. Don't ever breathe. Don't breathe. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm not going to see Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Butter Pop Network, talking all things R-H-O-D today. And if you don't know where R-H-O-D is, that's a little place called Dallas with all friends, Leanne Locken, a Brandy, what Brent Redmond, Stephanie Holman, Cameron Westcott, and Carrie Brittenham. What is this new intro where, where you list every housewife <laughs> on the franchise? I'm just like testing things out. I hope you don't do out. this every time. I'm, I forgot Brandy's last name. I was going to call her Brandy Glanville. You did. But then you I also, realized that's the wrong one. Did you list everyone? I think so. Okay. No, I forgot DeAndra Simmons. Yeah, I was going to say, you missed somebody. There you go. <laughs> and DeAndra Simmons. I was like, I felt, that felt light. G featuring Travis Holman. Jeremy. No, oh, Eddie. Could you imagine if I like, it was like I don't one even of think those... you introduced us. Oh, yeah. I was you introduced that. everybody in Dallas. You, is... you introduced the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You didn't even introduce us. Isn't that Peyton Manning? <laughs> no. Oh. Dak Prescott. I only know Peyton Manning. I've only seen his Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> I don't know who no Dak Shepard is. Uh, but <laughs> like we did not say, I'm Eddie Estrada. I'm here with my co-host, like we Armin. did not say. <laughs> like we have things- not referenced at all. <laughs> and we're here to talk all things Dallas. I don't know. I had a cold brew before this, and I'm like on one. <laughs> Eddie, you're I'm, always like, I'm I had a cold one, brew, like, and you had like a cold one. brew eight hours ago. <laughs> It's just how I feel. Cold brew plus podcast equals Eddie. It's like the Powerpuff Girls like ingredient list. <laughs> That's the formula to a manic podcast. Sugar, spice, and everything. Cold brew, podcast, and bravo. That's how the Powerpuff Girls were made. Well, that's it, everyone. We hope you enjoyed uh, this crazy 30 seconds. And uh, we hope you join us next week. Well, no. So we're going to talk about Dallas. Uh, but before we get into Dallas, we need to tell you guys how you guys can hear even more about Dallas and OC and all things Bravo. If you guys want to see... And Cowboys. And Cowboys. Don't get me started on chaps. Um, but <laughs> if you guys want to see the crazy things we do in person and listen to us even more every week, make sure you guys download the TV Co. app. Um, we do a weekly live show every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific time and 10 p.m. Eastern time. It's an hour long. We talk all things Brizavavo. Um, it's so much fun. It's me and Armin. I missed last week because I was out and about in the Bay Area celebrating my mama's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Shout out to mom. Love you, mom. Uh, but it's just so much fun because we can just chat about whatever. We usually do some news. We usually do Dallas or OC, whatever show's on. And yeah, it's a big old good time. It's a big old good time. You can interact with us. Did you mention that? Yeah, you can like chat with us and comment like while you're watching. So it's really fun because we'll answer questions. That's like an ask the audience situation from like who wants to be a millionaire. We'll be like, let's ask the audience. And then you guys just tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, You can send us little like emojis and like animations too. Like I always get the tea. So I always pretend to be like sipping the tea. Um, you know, some really cool, like, <laughs> AR, VR moments. Um, but Just to clarify, so we're not misrepresenting the product, there will not be any virtual or augmented reality offered in this product. 
it's just, just an like interactive live video. That's on, all it like, is. like the screen. Me, I'm like this is a stunning state <laughs> also, of the Also, pretty sure you set that up by saying if you want to see the crazy things we do in our lives, that's also not going to be a part of this. Well, we sit here and you can see us, and right. that's what we're doing in our life at that moment. It's the crazy thing we're doing. <laughs> Fair. Whatever. Fair. Whatever. I'm just I'm trying to provide some clarity to the audience. Okay, let's get back down south of Dallas because we got a lot to talk about today. Um, and we're gonna talk with um, first and foremost. Let's start with Cameron. Um, Cameron Westcott is sending her little her little girl Hilton to sleepaway camp. Um, Armin, have you ever gone to sleepaway camp? No, I have not. Not even like in the fifth grade or whatever. Like, did you go with your school or your class? No. Really? I did a lot of sleepovers. We loved the sleepover, but I didn't do a sleepover camp. I did camps, but they weren't sleepover camps. Okay. So when I was in in our school, so I went to a private school up in the Bay Area. We did on third grade, you went to a sleepaway camp with your with one parent. So all the boys brought their dads, all the girls brought their moms. And then when we were in fifth grade, you go by yourself with your class. And it's like a week-long sleepaway camp, but it's all your classmates. Um, I never did like a sleepaway camp in the summer where I was gone for like weeks at a time. I like would do like day camps or sports camps or whatever, like nearby. But this camp sounds like insane. Cameron says that she put Hilton's name on this waiting list to get into this camp when she was 18 months old. Right. This kid's like what, like six at least now, six or seven, maybe even older. And I guess it's a part of the culture of Dallas. So uh, this is what I was thinking because they were talking about like how like uh, everyone goes and this is like a thing in Dallas. It's I think it's almost like preschools and private schools like in the area where it's like the elite send their kids to a very specific, you know, like instead of like boarding school, they send them to a specific camp and these girls become friends and get to know each other. So by the time they turn high school and 16 or whatever, 18, like, they have their core group of friends. They're like they have their friends for their debutante ball. They're going to be welcomed into society together. So I think it's kind of like the precursor to that, to kind of start to get the girls' acquaintances because they don't come up into their debutante ball and they're like, "Oh, nice to meet you. Who are you?" To like everyone in the room. These girls know each other. They're going to have to be going to the same galas, events, and situations. So it's like prepping the princess before getting the crown. Wow, that's reading a lot into sleepaway camp at six years old. But I'll I mean, take did your you word see for that? it. Did you see that trunk? That trunk was insanity, and it had her name on it too. She was upset though because it didn't have the football. You could see her almost. She wasn't cry. upset you, uh, when her mom. She loved. She, the, lo- she the, looked at her mom with eyes of tears. Okay, I thought she loved that it had uh, the cat and the bunny on it. She was happy. Yeah, and it had her name on. That top. was really cool. Was I really loved cool. her little confessional too, with her little like right. Her little like ears with her hair and her little like cheetah, zebra, whatever animal that was print. I don't know animals. And she loves trash talking her mom. She's like, yeah, I had to bring the trunk because I couldn't fit everything in my one suitcase. And I only bring one suitcase on like my mom. I kind of feel bad for Cameron because like everyone talks down to her. And I feel like maybe that's why Cameron has to be like more of an elitist with the friends like in her group. Because like even her kids are like ragging on her. Right. Like, Like when Hilton turns to her dad. She's like, stay away from the blondes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, she's like, can't wait to get away from the blondes or something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see um, how Cameron deals with Lil Hilton being away. Also, the name Hilton, like, it's so weird because I just think of, like, Paris Hilton. I mean, that's where it comes from. I mean, obviously, of but course. it's like, who do you think you are, Sweet Life, Zach and Cody? Like, London Tipton, like, Paris Hilton. <laughs> You're just going to name your Hil- kid Hilton? It's like naming your kid, like, uh, I don't know, Doubletree? <laughs> Did you get a free cookie? Huh? Of all the names. You couldn't go, go Hyatt? Hyatt would have been more realistic. Hyatt. No, Double Treat. 
JW or Maria. Motel Six. Hey, Motel Ooh, Six. We're getting like you ready that. for camp. Erica Badu um, named Gwyneth her kid Paltrow seven. named her kid Apple. Right. In case you forgot, mm-hmm. yeah. a totally normal name. <laughs> and Moses. And then Mowgli is uh, Mo- Bronx. Mowgli is uh, Ashley Simpson's kid with Pete Wentz. Pilot Inspector is Jason Lee's kid. Pilot Inspector. Which, by the way, you're choosing the vocation for your own child. Has I mean, to, has to inspect pilots now. A female pilot inspector. What is it? Remember those shirts where like female body <laughs> female inspector? <laughs> pilot inspector. You know what I'm talking about? Like those stupid like female body inspector <laughs> right. shirts. That's like made of, like. Is there a real thing as a pilot inspector, or is he going to be like I'm a PI, a pilot inspector? Or like I don't know. That's weird as hell. I mean, somebody has to uh, inspect inspect, the, pilots inspect pilots or inspect planes. No, what pilots. are you doing? That's called a doctor. You get your physical once a year. Or you're a pilot who inspects. You see I what know. I mean? That's like, I don't know. You double, you double time. You're a pilot and you're a detective. An inspector is a detective? Inspector Gadget. That's true. <laughs> God, I miss Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I, feel like... I love how that was such a revelatory moment for you. You're like, that's true. Like, God, that really hit you. I really liked Inspector <laughs> really Gadget. I <laughs> well, really hit home. <laughs> Uh, oh God! This podcast is so off the rails. What are I we know. even talking let's, about? Let's get back on. Should track. we talk about Matthew Broderick's Inspector Gadget? No, let's. Which is a fantastic movie, by the fantastic way. Fantastic film. I loved that one. Great. But one. no, we're going to talk about um, Travis inspecting Deandra's business and giving her the load on what she needs to know. So let's just that, talk about that. This. Was a great um, segue. Segue. Thank you. But with Travis and Deandra, we finally get the meeting between the two. A couple episodes ago, he, she bailed on him because she had orange hair and. Didn't want to come to the meeting tired. So they finally sit down one-on-one. And I thought this was actually a really good meeting because Travis gets Deandra. He's from the same culture of Dallas as she is. He has a very similar parent situation where his dad was very competitive with him also in business. Um, had his company passed down from his father. Right. Uh, and he's kind of able to look at the situation in a very realistic sense and in a very connective way for Deandra where she's able to like see him and see herself in him and he's able to see himself in her first and foremost you straight up ask Deandra is this really something that you want to do or is this something that you feel like you have to do and he's like if it's something that you don't want to do let it go and she's right. like she's like no I want to do this this is my company I've been waiting for this this is what's supposed to be but I'm four to six weeks from closing my doors right well it's an important question because if she really doesn't want to do it, uh, thankfully, she is privileged enough to have other options, right? So, first of all, like, do you really, really want this? And he even asked about the money on the side, and she's like, no, it's tied up. And he's like, right. oh, I get I get it now. But we see Jeremy is working for Deandra now. So we cut to later in the episode, Deandra's in her office. One of the things Travis said was get rid of the office, move everything in-house to like her home, cut all the people that you don't actually need, really slim down and just get to a cash positive situation, which is what Jeremy was telling her too, but she needed to hear it from Travis as well. Um, And Jeremy comes around and is like, basically you have three options. One, um, you cut down, go back home and, you know, cut the corners, like, like cut the fat off like you needed to and really try to work and grow this business again. $8,000, get rid of $8,000 a month. For rent, which mm-hmm. is crazy because how many people are in the office? Four. You can see how emptied out it is already. Second option is getting a loan and working on the business that way, which we've already seen her do once from her mother. She would have to go outside this time for her loan or three 
close down the business and try something new. Um, she does not want to do that. And she just gets, she realizes the thing she needs to do is the first option, which is hard because she's going to have to cut people and the people who actually need the money needs the jobs are the people that she's going to have to cut. And then she breaks down and she's like, I just resent my mother and I, I blame all of her for this because I had a career in DC and she was the one who said, no, 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 you need to come back. You need to do the business. You need to do the company, you know, like, you know, you need to, you need to be here. So she left a full career that she had to come do this only to be led with the carrot on the string in front of her. And when she finally got it, the, the, the carrot was eaten and she's not able to, you know, enjoy any of the fruits of the labor. And it's just kind of like she got the raw <laughs> end of the deal. There was a lot going on there, but I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> My analogies are literally like, I, uh, you know how they are. I make them up. <laughs> I make them up. You were, you know what's great about that? You were about to make an analogy about how you make analogies, but you couldn't find one. I was that gonna, was iconic. I was going to say like Hannah Montana on the Disney Channel where she's like, sweet nibblets. It's just like a, a, a corn dog and a little and a seesaw. You know, you just can't get a hold of it. I, don't I know never what. watched Hannah Montana. So no. Are you joking? Well, no, because we were... At, at the time Hannah Montana came out, we were already in high school. That was a Disney Channel show. Yeah. I had moved on from Disney uh, Channel. Yeah. Um, I was part of I was the president of the Secret of My Hannah Montana Lovers Club in <laughs> high school. So sounds like a you problem that you didn't watch Hannah Montana because let's be real, the music is timeless and the characters are, you know, some of the it was probably some of the best character work on television in the really? last ten years. Prestige TV. Prestige TV. Peak TV. I mean, you like succession, you really need to go watch That's a Sweet Life of Hannah Montana, the crossover episode with That's a Raven. Is that the pre- Precursor to life. Succession, dude. It, it's just about Billy Ray it will, being the patriarch, and it who will it will change will your life. Him. It will literally change your life. It was something like if, forget the Avengers. It's all about <laughs> just burp <laughs> into the mic. <laughs> no, it was like a throat pump. I don't know what I was trying to do. Like a, and it like came out weird from like it was like a guttural like. Like, I don't know what what that was. Okay, enough about Hannah Montana, you guys. <laughs> the only Hannah Montana content I'm aware of is from uh, Ryan Alcar. He's 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 made me aware of little elements of Hannah Montana. What is Ryan Alcar? Is he talking shit about my girl Miley? Oh, he loves her. He okay, loves good. Miley. He was actually in our friend's um, Hannah Montana musical. He was. He played Trey in Trey the Play. Yeah, which we will be going to see. In a month. In a month. No, he always tells me that there were these transition moments. And it goes something like this. Oh, no. no, He says it differently. He says it's it's like this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something like that. There's a couple of them. There's a couple. It's like, it's like, ooh, yeah. And then they're like, like, there's like all these fun little, and they're like little hints to Hannah Montana songs. Like you'll catch like a bit of it and be like, oh, that's I've Got Nerve. Yeah, see, Ryan likes to sometimes transition different stories in the podcast with the Hannah Montana transition song. So that's that's the only content I'm aware of when it comes to Hannah Montana. I'm aware of Miley Cyrus, but uh, Hannah Montana? Don't you dare say anything bad about Miley Cyrus. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for Deandra because, I mean, I do feel like Mama D gave her, like, the rough end of the stick. And do I, we know that? Okay, but here's the thing. is like her mom even said on Twitter, because Deandra wrote something about this, and her mom was like... Deandra's father didn't believe in anyone seeing the financials of the company except for the person who was in charge of financials and the CEO. When Deandra was ready, she was able to finally see everything. So it seems like there was this like culture of secrecy and hiding money and figuring out, you know, hiding all this stuff. 
And by the way, we've done a deep dive. Me and my roommate um, talked like talked about this. My roommate does like massive research on the housewives. She's like amazing. And she found out like how rich like Deandra's father's brother is. And they're so much like exponentially like richer than Deandra's side. And they like own like platinum or something like literally like are the massive like either like platinum or titanium or some shit. That's like a metal. Like they own it. They like own like <laughs> that metal. And they're manufacturers yeah, of metal. Okay. Yeah. And they're like worth like 70 billion or some crap like that. Like something crazy. That's probably more than Jeff Bezos. And <laughs> I am like in shock. What but the wealth is spread, so none of them are like the richest person. And so Deandra has the short end of the stick already because she had the poorest brother. And then to have to come up and like pull herself up from the bootstraps because her the company she was given is failing. It's just like it's just a, a sad story that I think we all can relate to. I don't know if I can relate to it, but <laughs> the best thing I've heard all week is you saying Jeff Bezos. His name is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos. That's like that's like I thought Tiffany Haddish's name was <laughs> Tiffany Haddish for the longest time. Capote, or what was it? Uh, Truman Capote. <laughs> Truman Capote. Oh, I just gosh. love names. The linguistics of names. <laughs> the linguistics of names. I love it. I love it, Eddie. I okay. love it so much. I, I don't know what you said about anything you just said, but well, I agree with it. Or I don't Deandra agree. Who knows? A, one or the other. <laughs> well, Deandra was just a blip on the stream. So let's talk about um, Leanne's lingerie party, which is a, sh- uh, it's a bridal shower of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um both Leanne and Stephanie separately break down the parties that are going to be happening. So we have, this is the first party, which is the lingerie party shower, which Carrie Duber, which yay, we get to see Carrie Duber again. And her and Stephanie Holdman (laughs) are hosting this together. But as Stephanie very clearly points out, they did nothing to choose anything for the party. Leanne chose the theme. Leanne chose the caterers. Leanne chose the food. Leanne chose the, the, every, the venue, Stephanie and Carrie just fronted the check, which I think is like another one of like Leanne's schemes. Because if you think about it, <laughs> these two are the richest housewives on the show. Carrie Duber's husband makes so much money that she's at, she was literally at Paris Fashion Week at Front Row or like, like at every single show. And then you have Stephanie Holman of Holman Lockers, which is like the status of wealth in Dallas. So you have two <laughs> people who are like just the big bucks. Um, but she has this party. Then she's going to have a bridal shower. Then she's going to have the bachelorette party. Then she's going to have a couple shower. Then she's going to have a rehearsals dinner. And then she's going to have a wedding reception. And Leanne's like, and that's nothing. You can have hundreds and hundreds of parties for a wedding. Like in Dallas, the normal is to have like hundreds of parties. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what kind of weddings these people are going to because this sounds like so much. I don't think I could go to this many parties for anyone, including myself. I don't think I would have this many parties. Eddie, if anybody would have this many parties, it would be you. Me, I'm like trying to play like, oh, th- I could never be like this. And it's like, this is who I am inside. Also, I think she said 10 or 12. Oh, not hundreds? Maybe I was just thinking in my head, I'm going to have hundreds of parties <laughs> yeah, from my wedding. From uh, what I've seen, and I haven't been involved in, in many uh, weddings, but just from afar, people do have a lot of these little parties. You know, there's obviously the bridal shower, um, but there are like dinners. You obviously have the bachelor and bachelorette party, but I know there are little like outings for all the groomsmen to get their like 
tuxes and to get them all fitted and that's a whole day. You know what I mean? There's a lot of little things. See, I don't even know. Like, you know how you know my feelings about weddings where like I want to get married but I don't want to get married because I I like the attention but I also don't want that much attention. So it's like that like do I really want people watching me like dance or like stand up but I also just want to have the party. So mm-hmm. like maybe I would have parties but they would be like secret parties not about me and the wedding to just be like this is a party where we're going to like go get taxes or like this is a part and it's like not huh, associated. Eddie's doing a lot of wedding related things that aren't leading and to then a wedding it's like and then surprise. secret wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then no, I don't think I could ever do it. I need people to know. I want people to show up because I, <laughs> the last time I like I threw a, the last time I had a surprise party, I threw it myself. You know this. Right. Um, so I'm not, I don't let surprises be in the hand of God. I'm just going to put them in my hand, which is basically the same thing. <laughs> uh, so Another housewife that was in attendance that we haven't seen in a while is Tiffany right. Hendra, which I was yeah. very excited to see her. Um, her facelift is looking fantastic. Like she hasn't moved a single day since season two. Proud of her for that. Um, but it was kind of like a cute little reunion because you had Tiffany, you had Duber. Um, Duber back. No Deandra. They didn't invite Deandra because obviously Leanne and her still have some ish. And... Carrie put it really well. She was like, you know, she can be involved, but she doesn't need to be invited to everything. And, you know, you guys can still work on your relationship without her having to like show up and make things awkward, which I thought was, um, which I thought was great. They all walk in showing their outfits for this lingerie party. And they, mm-hmm. Cameron starts slut shaming Brandy yep. Cameron, for her outfit. Uh, calling her a hoe. so into every outfit. Personally, I thought Brandy was dressed the best. I definitely would have worn her outfit out of all of them to the party because she was actually like in a cute, fun little like lingerie ensemble. Uh, <laughs> it was like a little bit risque, but that's what you're supposed to do when you're dressing in lingerie. You're supposed to be like sexy, fun, flirty. And I did not appreciate Cameron's comments about the boobs sticking out and showing leg because if anyone knows anything about me, I've, I've worn much less to in public. <laughs> this is true. Halloween is my time to like whoosh, take off all my clothes. You you are famously shirtless often. I am, and I show a lot of leg. I've got great legs, to be honest. They're really long, and like now they're a little bit more muscular, and so it's like if I can have like a cute leg moment, put me in some pink lingerie and send me out to um, play some carny games with Leanne. I'm good to go. But there was a major confrontation between. Cameron and Stephanie at at the lingerie party. So aside from, you know, Cameron having her little confessional moment, talking shit on everyone, Stephanie had to talk to, to Cameron, which is like classic Steph. She's not yeah. going to let something fester. And I, I liked how we led up to this moment because there was also like another reconciliation that happened before this. But before any of the party happened, we had that cute moment between Travis and Stephanie where he's basically like coaching her on what to right. say to Cameron. And I thought it was really interesting where he basically was straight up like, Cameron thinks she's up here and everyone else is here. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, Kelly Ben Simone of Dallas. Yes. Like, I'm up here. You're, you're down, down here. here. Yeah. But I see where kind of Cameron does have this air of elitism about her. And I think that's what hurts Stephanie too is because she does feel like Cameron thinks she's better than even when Stephanie did open up to her. And, and as she said, that trash comment triggered her as well. It triggered her as well. Um, yeah, but... But we did see the reconciliation uh, between Leanne yes. and, and Brandy on that note, right? Yes. Basically. And it was interesting to see Leanne uh, go to Brandy and say, basically, that uh, when you uh, felt hurt by the trash comment, 
I felt like that is something we could connect on because that's what I'm constantly basically speaking to. Yes, with the her fa- <clears throat> carny past and like the abuse and all that. Exactly, that certain things can bring those emotions up, right? And that's what I was talking about uh, last week on TV Co. with Camille, actually, uh, that I feel like Brandy makes allowances for herself to dig into her own past, right? But she doesn't give Leanne those same allowances. Now, Brandy, at the end of the last episode, of course, we didn't recap last week. We apologize. Um, But in last week's episode, uh, Brandy uh, does say, well, the reason why it's okay for me to sometimes be triggered by my past is because I don't try to live in it. I'm always trying to move past it. I'm always trying to bottle it. Yes. And never touch it. But sometimes... It you comes know, up. It, it festers, right? And she was saying that Leanne wants to live in her past. I don't agree with Brandy on that take, right? Uh, I And I don't think bottling it up works for everybody. Yeah. In fact, I think for a lot of people, it's very helpful to be able to talk through their past trauma. Um, if it works for Brandy, it works for her. That's fine. But definitely doesn't work for Leanne. I think for Leanne, it's a catharsis to be able to talk it out. But anyway, they, they did come to this moment in this episode where Leanne's basically like, hey, you've had a troubled past. You have these triggers. I have them too. Yeah. So we're two peas in a pod, honey. And they kind of had this bonding moment where Leanne's great. like, I lived in like a double wide trailer. And then uh, Brandy's like, I lived in a single. Right? Something like that. I forget the exact terminology. But it was funny because Leanne, for a moment, thought that Brandy was trying to one-up her. Yeah. And then she made this comment, like, about how her mother's boyfriend... She would have to, like, hit him or something? ...attempted to rape her. And she had to take a cow skull and knock him over the head. But anyway, they they got through that and they... Speaking of Bravo stories that honestly would be, like, insane, like, backstories, like, fictionalized. Like, if Leanne wanted to write a story of her life... That would be like HBO's biggest drama next season, like Carnival, Carnival, but like the Leanne Locken story. Like yeah. I'm sure like if she ever wants to like release those demons and have a catharsis that way, I mean, I don't want to see it, but I feel like it would be a captivating story to hear. Yeah, if Bravo she's been went, through so much. If Bravo did that whole before thing Bravo. of be, before Bravo take take our favorite Bravo celebrities and did a fictionalized version of their lives or even just a moment. In, in their lives from the past, yeah, Leanne would be up there for one of the one of the most compelling life stories for sure. Well, there is a part that probably wouldn't make it into that life story that I would want to see, and that's um, the glory hole moment between Rich and Leanne. <laughs> um, in case you guys, before we get into the full into the Cameron and Stephanie drama, because right. we're going to end with that because that was the end of the episode. Yeah, but they play this game at the the wedding shower, which. By the way, I love these kind of games. And so, Armin, at, like, at least my like sixth or 17th party that I have, I want to play this game. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. I'm not getting married anytime soon. You can bet on that. Uh, but they play this game. and I, I think it's like based off, I, I know I'm going to get in so much trouble on this. It's like, I want to say like either like the honeymoon game or, so, you know, like one of those like right. dating games, like from like the 60s, 70s, 80s, where it was like, yeah, how well do you know your like partner? Like the match game or yeah. something. I don't even know what it's called. So y'all let me know on Twitter because I cannot remember for the life of me. But it's basically you ask two people in a relationship yep. the same question and see if their answers are On Parks are and Rec, it was same. called like, know your boo. Know your boo? Yeah, remember that? Yes. Yeah, I boo. love Parks and Rec. I miss Parks and Rec. <laughs> uh, I'm a Tom Haverford by, by trade. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be you, real. You do have a little bit of Tom in you. Oh. But it was funny because actually... 
uh, Leanne got almost every single question right. Okay, the, the carnival. Other than the sex question. The sex question. I loved the whole thing where she was like, I mean, he's like, what carnival game would you be? And she's like, picking stuff out of her teeth. And she's like, I'd either be the Himalaya or the Tilt-A-Whirl. And I'm like, <laughs> this girl knows her carnival rides. Like, I don't even know what, the, I feel like the Himalaya is that one where like, you're in the cart and it goes like up and down and you're like, it's almost like on that um, inclined oval mm, where it's like mm. really fast and you kind of go boom, right. boom, 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 boom up the hills. I think that's the Himalaya, which is similar to the Tilt World because it's like a wild ride and you're always, there's a lot of ups and downs, uh-huh. which is I think what she was going for. Look at me, I could go work at a carnival. Um, <laughs> but I loved that. But I loved the blowjob moment because she's talking about this time. She's like, yeah, Rich drill- went into our neighbor's yard, first of all, sketch, and drilled a hole and like stuck his like little like pecker as as uh brandy called it a new woody wood pecker through it and she's like in splinters you got to be real careful which i thought was really interesting because by the way unless it was like unless they had sex through the fence instead of a glory hole situation because we know leanne does not like blowjobs she's made that very clear shots and blowjobs she doesn't want anything going down her mouth fast and quick if she doesn't want it in her mouth at all and that includes penises and tequila. So I'm interested. To, I'm like confused. And then Stephanie is like, well, why don't they just find a chain link fence? But that's not what's sexy about it. What's sexy is like it's hidden and mysterious and dark and like taboo. If you see someone through the chain link fence, you're just giving a BJ through metal. Like there's nothing special about that. That happens on the side of the 405 at least twice a week. So just park <laughs> on the side of the road, look for a chain link fence, and you'll see someone getting their <laughs> slingshocked through um, some, some metal hole. That sounded like you had some uh, some past experience with it. No. I mean, you know me. Yeah, that's not the 405 I know. I just set a freeway. I'm like, let's be real. I'm just... I'm just whatever. But I did like I, I did like when um she got the underwear as a gift because she was getting all this laundry and stuff as a gift and she got underwear with Rich's face all over her, like the front, and then it said Miss Mrs. Engelman or whatever, like what his name is on the back. And Stephanie came through with the with the eating out joke where she was like she was like, I don't know if I would want Travis's face all over my hoo-ha. Well, Travis's face is all over my hoo-ha, if you know what I mean. And then she got all giggly and I was like, Oh, now we know what goes on at home. <laughs> he's no dj Khaled. let's just put it that way <laughs> exactly that was a that was a deep cut right there i mean i love that <laughs> um but let's get back to stephanie and cameron because even though uh travis is all over uh stephanie's hoo-ha one person who is not is cameron because she's gone on a little bit of a tiff with stephanie um cameron's basically upset that stephanie didn't defend her um when Brandy came at her saying the F word and was attacking her over the table in Mexico. And she's basically like, I would have done that for you. Like, I don't understand why you didn't like step in and say like, that's not okay. Brandy, like you'd crossed a line. And Stephanie's like, well, you even said to my face that I wasn't a good friend. Like, why would I defend you when I didn't think that was the truth? And, uh, she even calls Cameron's statement about trash elitist. And like you said, she goes, mm-hmm. it triggers me just as much as it triggers Brandy because it gives this sense of like elitism. And she basically is like, Cameron thinks she's the victim because Brandy came at her. She was cornered and that's why she made the trash comment and threw the thing. And she feels like everyone's against her and she's the victim in the situation. Stephanie's like, Cameron, that's not really the case. Um, 
Cameron thinks Stephanie is trying to be the victim because Stephanie's like, well, it hurt me too. And Cameron's like, well, this didn't involve you. This was between me and Brandy, so you should have stuck up for me. So everything's backwards in this because it's like, I want you involved, but you're not involved. But I'm the victim and you're not the victim. But Brandy's also the victim and she's also the attacker. And it's just like... It's so convoluted. Exactly. It is so convoluted. I don't... I feel like uh, Cameron's just not hearing Stephanie at all. Cameron has And her just wants it her way. Yeah. yeah. It, it's going to be fascinating to see what goes down between them. I think this is going to be the genesis of a season-long feud between Cameron and uh, Stephanie and, and Brandy. I really do. I, I don't think Cameron's going to get over this. She seems really stubborn about it. I mean, she walked out of the conversation. She yep. was so pissed. And I, I think this is more than just the Correa's moment. Cameron is clearly harboring resentment uh, over years of feeling left out. Mm-hmm. And it's I all agree. just coming to the surface. She even tries to like further divide between Stephanie and everyone else because she after she walks out, she goes straight to um, Carrie, Leanne, and everyone and starts talking about the situation and is like, you know, Stephanie came and like wanted to talk to me. Like, I'm over it. And everyone keeps bringing it up to make me look bad. And then this affects Stephanie like no other. She starts crying because she feels humiliated and defeated. She thinks like Cameron is literally, which Cameron is doing, trying to make her look like the bad person. And she apologizes to Leanne for like having this situation. She's like, I'm sorry. And Leanne's like, no, don't apologize. You're a beautiful person. We love you. Um, And she tries to calm her down. And I think Stephanie finally gets it after they take the group photo because she has this confessional and she goes, I want to be friends with her, but I don't want to be her bitch which I think is what she finally needed to click was because you can be friends with someone and not lay yourself down in front of them and be such a pushover, easy schmeasy, all's good in rainbows, which is Stephanie has done before. We've seen Stephanie try to stand up and she backs away. She tries to stand up. She backs away. She's all about toeing the line, keeping everything good, putting her Disney princess hat on and making it all smiles and rainbows. She's finally getting it that you need to stand up for yourself. Yeah, but she's not going to be a doormat. Absolutely not. Right. Right, right. Well, this episode is over. Yeah, we covered it all. (laughs) If you guys want to listen to the rest of our Dallas recaps as well as our OC, and we have um, more shows coming because Jersey and Atlanta are on their way. Uh, Make sure you guys subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. And you know what? You want to get more of us? You can. We're on TV Co. too. Download TV Co. It's a fun little app where we have a weekly live show, which is our faces. You get to see me in person talk all things Bravo. Armin's there too, but mostly me. Um, <laughs> it's Mondays from 7 p.m. Pacific time um, to 8 p.m. Pacific time and 10 p.m. Eastern time to 11 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> it's a one-hour show. Um, Armin, how can people find you? At Armin Mahram. And I'm at Eddie underscore Estrada. So we will see you guys hopefully Monday for TV Co. And then next time we do Dallas.